Welcome back, listeners. I'm your host, Sam Peebles. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Braves Dugout Podcast. This week is going to be a fun episode. We're going to be talking to none other than John Hughes about his opinions on the Braves offseason, how they did, how Liberty Media handled things, Alex Anthopoulos, and things like that. We're going to get his official prediction as well as mine on how many wins we think the Braves are going to have as well as some other things like what's, what are some trade targets we can look at, who's a breakout candidate for the Braves this year, and other things like that. I can't wait to get started. Let's jump into it. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back. Like I said earlier, I'm stoked that you're back and this is going to be a fun episode. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and give five stars on whatever platform you're using. The Braves Dugout Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms, so let your buddies know. I just want to get some administrative stuff out of the way as well as talk about John Hughes. You may have heard me talk to him some in a previous episode last season, John Hughes is a very knowledgeable man when it comes to Atlanta Braves baseball and fantasy baseball. One of the things that he's really good at is true predictions. He does take time, and he doesn't just bring predict- predictions out of nowhere. He he does his research, and he knows his stuff, and he gives true predictions. You might remember that last year he picked Max Freed was going to have a Cy Young-level performance, which... Max Fried did end up having a Cy Young style year with some Cy Young downvotes. And this year he's got more predictions and I'm really excited for you guys to hear them. So with that, let's take a little break and then we'll jump right into the interview. John, thank you so much for joining the show again. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I always enjoy your perspective on the Braves because you always keep it real. There's no fluff involved, and I really I really appreciate that because that's how things work in the real world. Business decisions are made based on what's real, not by how your heart feels, but more so how the logic and and how contracts work and, and numbers work. So I appreciate your perspective on that. So thanks so much for joining the show today. Well, you're glad to be here. Glad to be here once again. Awesome. Great. <laughs> so let's jump right into it. We're going to talk about the offseason. Uh, it's a perfect time to talk about the offseason since uh, spring training is going and we have not started the season yet. This will actually air probably a week into the season or so. But uh, as of right now, the time of this recording, just for the listeners out there, the season has not started yet. So based on what me and John are talking about, what we have to say is this, is as if the season has not started yet. All right, let's get into some questions I want to hear your opinion on. As most of us know, uh, Liberty Media has cut back their spending, they claim, due to COVID-19. If you could give a letter grade on how you think Liberty Media handled the offseason, what would it be and why? Well, you know, it's you know really hard to uh, hard to grade a, a corporation, you know, standing next to somebody like a 
Cohen or you like the Steinbrenner family or the, uh, you know, anybody out West, you know, because I mean, you know, Liberty Media is going to be answering to a, a board of directors and their shareholders. And, uh, you know, they, they, that whole company exists pretty much just to turn a profit. And, uh, you know, the Braves are, you know, just, you know, other asset right now, you know, I, I, I don't really feel like, you know, they're in it, you know, with that same drive to win that, you know, like, a, like an, an independent owner would have, you know, they're, they're, that they exist solely to make money. So, you know, I, 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 I understand cutting back, which you know, at the same time, it's, it's going to be frustrating for, for, you know, fans because fans, you know, want to, to see you know, their, uh, their team win. But, you know, I, 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 being, you know, the, the kind of, you know, owner they are, I, I can't, you know, grade them too harshly. You know, I'd probably put it, hit, you know, at a, at a C just, you know, from a business standpoint. I, I like that answer. Yeah. And I think with a lot of people, I won't say a lot of people, but I, that some, maybe some fans don't realize is not only are they a corporation, but they are on the stock market. They have stockholders and shareholders that they have to worry about. I held stock in, in the Braves for a little while. I made some money off of it actually. So what they're doing is working currently for their shareholders. So I don't foresee anything changing anytime soon as far as far as how they handle business. Yeah, I don't think I'd grade them any better or worse than what you said honestly. I think I think C's fair. I think from a business standpoint they they're doing better than a C, but as far as managing a baseball team, they're not doing better than a C, but like you said the Braves unfortunately to them are just a way to bring in money and with COVID-19 hitting uh they they're the only company in Major League Baseball that is required to show their profits from the year. And I believe they said something like, uh, on average, their profits are about, I think, $479 million a year. And then this past year, their profit was only $179, which, don't quote me on those numbers, but it was somewhere in the 300s and somewhere in the 100s. And percentage-wise, that's, that's huge. When you lose that much profit in one year, uh, you're not going to go out it, me and you personally, if we lost that much money in a year, we wouldn't go out spending. So it makes sense. Uh, but at the same time, baseball is a business where you do have to spend some overhead if you want to be successful. Like the Pirates, uh, they're never going to be a successful business if they don't eventually gamble some money to try uh -huh. to bring in a good team. You know, they're not – or you look at how profitable was the Kansas City Royals there for a little while. They're selling merchandise and tickets like crazy because they took a cheap team to the World Series. They spend a little bit of money, and now, you know, they're a profitable team. Um, so, I mean, you have to gamble, but I, I like your grade of a C. It makes sense. Let's look at the actual baseball management here with Alex Anthopoulos. We know now – based on what me and you were talking about, that he was limited on what he could actually spend because Liberty Media has to sign off on it. With that in mind, how do you think AA did this offseason? You know, I mean, you know, they they had to, uh, you know, re-sign re Marcel Ozuna. They're, they're, they're really, you know, the only, the only sizey move, you know, they that they did, which is, I mean, you know, he's – He's good, you know. I, I I do think you know he will he will will you know re, you know, like you know regress 
I mean, you know, you look at the at the uh, first third of of your know, last season. You know, I mean, you know, he, you know wasn't well wasn't good. Second two thirds of the season, he's putting up up numbers that are you know better than than your Barry Bonds. Right. So uh, I mean, you know, he's he's bound for a a a regression, and you know, I think you know he got you know market value around you know what he's worth probably. Mm. I think it was smart too that uh, people were getting impatient, but a lot of projections had Marcelo Zuna making eighty million over four years. Braves waited out because they, Alex Anthopoulos knew that Ozuna wanted to come back. He waited for some of the suitors to sign other players and was able to get fifteen million off. Which was he actually getting fifteen million off, or was that the most he could spend because he jumped out of the gate and had to overpay to make sure that. Uh, he got some rotation help. I don't know. You know, I'm 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 not uh, not you know working behind closed doors with him. But you know, I I, I think a lot of the uh, a lot of GMs uh, were probably waiting to find out whether or not there you know was a was going to be a DH. Yeah, definitely. And I think that uh, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that uh, after this year there probably will be a DH because they're going to have to do the new bargaining agreement between the players' union in MLB, and I would imagine that that would be kind of a, a point that the players' union is going to fight for. And let's be honest, the player, use, player union of Major League Baseball is probably the strongest in all the Major League sports. Mm-hmm. They're going to get what they want. And if they want the DH, they're going to get the DH. So, I mean, you know, I, uh, I, I, I definitely see that. I, I think, you know, he probably – if I had to speculate, I think you know he probably had, you know, you know like everybody, everybody wants the uh, the multi-year deal, but you know some teams probably had these massive one-year deals. They were thinking about you know possibly possibly offering them, you know, in the one season that like you know be before they had the they had the actual DH or you know other teams looking to make multi-year offers. Some of these win-now teams, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, much like how the Dodgers kind of front-loaded Trevor Bowers' deal, gave him $40 million the first year with an opt-out. I mean, obviously, Marcelo Zuna wasn't going to make that type of money, but I'm sure there was teams that were exploring something similar, whereas, you know, the annual value for just one year would have been more than what it is for this four-year deal. But Ozuna ended up guaranteeing more money for himself and his family over a longer period which personally, that's what I would do in Major League Baseball when a large majority of the contracts are guaranteed. I'm taking the guaranteed money. I would never, ever bet on myself. (laughs) (laughs) I get injured way too easy. (laughs) I mean, man, you know, if, uh, if, you know, I was, I was, you know, that, that good, like, you know, I might, if, you know, I, I knew, knew that something, something big was coming up like that CBA, but you know, at the same time, guaranteed money is guaranteed money. Absolutely. I think Trevor Bauer got it good. He got enough upfront money, but enough guaranteed money. Personally, I mean, I'm not even trying to be biased here. One good Cy Young year to me is not good enough for him to get the contract he got. <laughs> so I would have signed that in a heartbeat. Um, well, I know, uh, I know Trevor, he, uh, he definitely knows how to uh, hype himself up. If, you, if you know, you've seen him on his social media channels and all that. Yeah. Well, honestly, we know talking about business, I think when the Dodgers gave him money, part of the reason they gave him money was because of his social media presence. Baseball is a business, and just the product on the field is not the only thing that 
a business would be worried about. I'm sure that the, the, uh, he's going to end up helping them sell merchandise, sell tickets, bring notoriety to the Dodgers with the stuff that he says on social media, maybe get people watching that hadn't watched in years just because, you know, in today's social media wave could bring in extra fans and stuff. So, I, I mean, I get that too. The Dodgers are going to be dangerous, though, if, if the power continues to look like he was, except the Braves, you know, Braves got his numbers. So I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> so you predicted last year before the season started that Max Fried was going to have a breakout year and you predicted correctly. So why don't you let the listeners know if you have any predictions of someone you think on the Braves roster that may possibly break out this year. Break out? Uh, J- Jacob Webb. Jacob Webb. Jacob Webb. Nice. Yeah, like he, I, I mean, yeah, he, he, he looks looks great. I mean, like if 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 he's up, you know, I I I predict he'll, I predict he'll be the best reliever that the Braves have this season. Wow, that's a that's a very interesting pick, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I I think that there's very few people, myself included, that would have even gone in that direction, but. I do think I do like that pick because he's one of those guys that uh, has always been, I wouldn't say like elite or anything, but he's definitely been better than average. And he, no one really talks about him. He's kind of gotten lost in the fold. The Braves probably love him because he's hardly making any money and he's being effective. So uh, from a pure surplus value standpoint, he's already one of the better players on the Braves, but uh, yeah, I like that pick. And now I'm going to have to, Pay really close attention to how well he's doing this year. Yeah, you know, well, you know, a, a lot of uh, you know relievers fly out under the radar. That is always, you know, the starters getting all the fanfare. But that's know. true. Unless you do really, really bad, then everybody looks at you. That's it. Yeah, you know, like a Luke, Luke Jackson, right? Luke right. Jackson. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> and, and I was, oh man, I was, I was on the Luke Jackson wagon last year too. I was really defending him, you know, because. In 2019, people, a lot of people gave him flack because he was blowing saves. But I'm like, guys, he's not a closer. If you look at his peripherals and his numbers, he's, if he's uh-huh. after the trade deadline, if he's the fourth or, best, fourth or fifth best <laughs> reliever on your team, you've got a good bullpen. And then last year, whew, he did not help. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, man, you know, I, I, I like Luke. You know, I, I think, you know, he, he looks good. But just, you know, what the hell's going on? You know, he just can't, can't even figure it out. No, he walks too many people. He walks which is, too many people. It's fine if you're, you know, you come in in the sixth inning and you walk a few people, but, um, or even if you're on a bad team. But I mean, I do not want to see him in any high leverage situations anytime soon. Uh, unfortunately for us Braves fans, um, he's gonna see a little bit more high leverage probably than we would like, just because the bullpen's not as deep as it was last year. But I'm looking for people like. Um, Tuki Toussaint and people like that to come in and really just now that they can focus now that they know that their role is a reliever they can focus on their out pitches and typically when you have someone that's a restarter going to a reliever role they can their fastball goes up two or three miles per hour because they're throwing harder they're not worried about stamina and they can really just focus on every single pitch on every single batter so I think if we get, you know, someone like Sean Newcomb's walks down, Tuki Toussaint really start working on being a reliever, I think we'll be fine. I mean, the depth is there, but do we have high-end guys? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think, uh, you know, like, I, I think uh, I think that, you know, Will Smith, 
uh, Chris Martin and Jacob Well will probably be the highlights of the bullpen. After that, you know, like I just, I just, you know, don't know. Yeah. Uh, yep. Although I would imagine that somewhere around the uh, somewhere around the trade deadline might pick some people up. I just think it's really telling that Mark Melanson signed for so oh. little money. You know, uh, that's not good. Uh, no, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think, you know, Mark Molasson probably, probably could have got more too, you know, but, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, I personally think, you know, he was a, he was attracted to a Southern California team, you know, I mean. Right. He's already had his big contract. He's already made his money. What's the difference between taking a 25% pay cut to go live somewhere you want to live? I get it. I just hope that that means that the there was a report that came out that said the Braves have about five million dollars of flexibility. Now, is that for the, until the season starts, or is that during the you know the trade deadline? I'm not sure. Which offseason addition? You know, we already talked about Marcelo Zuna, but is that your favorite offseason addition so far? Or offseason like- additions? I mean. You know, if if I had to pick an offseason addition of a player who wasn't with the Braves last season, you know, like if they got they got they got Jake Lamb, you know, <laughs> good pickup. That's a good pickup. I like the signing. I like Jason Kipnis too. Honestly, I'm a fan of his. He's not he's not a starter. He's not a starter anymore. But uh, I like the depth. But I'm I'm really excited for Charlie Morton. I know he's not going to be the savior, but uh, I think he's really he's been super durable, which is what the Braves really need. But yeah, I like I like uh, Jay. I, I really like the Jake Lamb signing. I really do. You know, I mean, mean you know, you know, I'm I'm high on uh, on a Charlie Morton too. You've seen all my posts and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, for uh, sure. but you know. Uh, like yeah, the Braves, I I I think think you know have 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 a lot of pitchers who you know who, who you know can can be be good, and like you know you uh, you bring in a, in a pitcher who's fighting Father Time like uh, like Charlie Morton right now. You just you never know. Right. Yeah. Hopefully you can pull a uh, Justin Verlander and just keep getting sweeter with age. I I'm, I mean you know I I mean Charlie Morton. I mean like you know he he looks looks you know all right. You know I'm just at uh, at this point I'm getting tired of. Uh, of the uh, of the Braves signing the older guys to the one year deals, you know, right? I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of over it. You know? <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I'm just ready for them to go all in. This is this is the competitive window. If you're going to win, now's the time. And this off season has been a bit of a disappointment. Back to letter grades with Alex Anthopoulos. I I would have probably given him like a B or so. He could have done better. I think that if it wasn't for the Marcelo Ozuna signing, it would have been a C. But just the fact that he was able to uh, bring in Ozuna in for much cheaper than what was projected, I think that that's kind of a win for the Braves. I think Drew Smiley was an overpay. Actually, I know he was an overpay, but I understand why. There was other teams going after him. The Braves liked his peripherals, and they wanted to jump out there and make sure they had an, they added a starter. Uh, 11 million though, and we ended up seeing some guys going that were better than him, like James Paxton going for a lot less money. Uh, I don't know. I think Alex Anthopoulos did what he could with with what he was given, kind of 
going back to that. But you, you said you're excited about Jake Lamb. I'm excited about Jake Lamb. I think it's a low-risk, high-reward type of, of signing. But what I like to say is that moving on, that if you can easily find a weak link in a team like with the Braves, to me it's third base or possibly the bullpen. But when you, when you can pinpoint a weakness on a team with ease, that what that kind of means is that the rest of the team is really good. We're, we're not sitting here trying to pinpoint weaknesses on the Orioles or the Pirates. Their entire team is a weakness. You know, it's really, it's really easy to find a weakness on the Braves because everybody else is doing so well. You know, mm-hmm. or like the Dodgers, you could you could easily pick. Oh well, that this is the one person that's not doing well. This is where they can upgrade. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but with that being said, where do you see the Braves' biggest weakness being? Uh, the same weakness has been for uh, for the last, uh, except twenty twenty, but uh, you know, eighteen nineteen. It'll it's 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 the bullpen. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, they uh, they had to uh, had to uh, acquire a lot of guys down down the stretch, and and, and you're 18. Otherwise, I'm I mean, not sure, sure, you know, they would have even won the division. Right. Uh, you know, then uh, that they they lost Melanson, they lost Shane Green, other guys a little shaky. So I think uh, I think. Like the bullpen is probably probably the biggest weakness. I think I think Austin Riley's a weakness, unless you know he can uh, he can you know, take off. I mean you know he's he's a, he's a been been a been a dud since uh, about three weeks after he got he he got called up. Right. So I think uh, I think you know he'll probably end end up you know, losing his job by uh, by about June, and like you know, you'll see you'll see Jake Jake Lamb starting at the third base. I think so too. And listeners out there, I promise you, John and I do not are not trying to hate on Austin Riley here. No, like, no, no, no. Like, like, like we're like I said, it's easy to pick a weakness on a team that's good, and Austin Riley happens to be that weakness. And I've heard, you know, oh well, he's got he needs time to develop. Sure, I'm sure Austin Riley is going to develop into a very serviceable at a, at least a very serviceable major league player. The thing is, is the Braves are in a competitive window. They don't have time to let a guy develop. They need they have a hole that they can get better very easily. They could find a replacement level guy like Jake Lamb, plug him in, and he's gonna be just as effective, if not more effective, than Austin Riley pretty easily, unless Austin Riley breaks out this year. So don't take this as we're we're hating on Austin Riley because we're not. We're just pointing out I mean Looking for just from a pure offensive standpoint, I think he has a career like 86 OPS plus, something like that. Oh, my God. Which means he's 14% below league average. You could take a league average hitter and throw him in there, and he'd be 14% better than Austin Riley. Austin Riley's defense is horrendous. He has something like in his short period of time at third base, he already has like seven defensive uh, – negative seven defensive runs saved and like a negative de- defensive war already in a short period of time. His defense is not good. I mean, it can get better, and I hope it does. We are all rooting for him. But if we want to win a World Series, it's a weakness that needs to be fixed. Just like with the – like John's saying with the bullpen – uh, sure, we like we like the guys that are in the bullpen. We want them to do well, obviously. Uh, as we were talking about earlier, I was rooting for Luke Jackson last year. I can't even lie about it. But you know, if 
you want to win a World Series, you got to find your weaknesses and upgrade. That's just what you got to do. I mean, if, if you know, Austin Riley was, you know, on, on you know, the Pirates, Orioles, whatever, like give them, give them you know, all, the, all, the, all the time in the world, they're, they're you know, a good, a good two or three years from you to be in your competitive, you know, like give them you know, all, all the time in the world. But some somebody like, uh, like the Braves, they were one win away from the World Series. And right. Austin, Austin Riley, you know, he, he may have single-handedly cost the Braves. Right. You know, yeah, that, his uh, game. uh, he did have that one really important home run. But I was actually looking at his uh, his stats earlier uh, this week, and his his slash line is actually was actually much lower in the uh, in the postseason than it was in his career. I think his like I hate using average as a measuring stick, but his average in the postseason was at least 10 points lower than his career so far. And his on-base percentage was at least 10 points lower. So, and his, and his slugging was lower too. His, his entire slash line across the board was lower in the, uh, in the postseason. So it's nice to remember cool moments like that homer he had, but that's pretty much all he did. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean uh, you, you ever, that their uh, their base running error that he made? Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I we mean, didn't even touch on his base running. He's got negative base running value too. If you look at his UBR, so guys, I'm not hating on Austin Riley. I'm just pointing out it's an easy upgrade no, right no. now. It's an easy upgrade uh, that Jake Lamb might be able to solve. You know, Jake mm-hmm. Lamb hasn't been good in a few years, but he's been injured the entire time. He has an excuse. Austin Riley did have some issues with his knees, so maybe if if those get fully healed up. Maybe he'll do better. I mean, I'm sure your knee, your knees play a big part in your swing and on defense. So maybe his knees will help. Shoot, I'm I'm dealing with a bum knee right now, and it hurts just walking up and down stairs. So I can only imagine that it's it's affecting his game. But uh, well, they're they're hoping that uh, that you know getting uh, getting Chipper Jones out there as a uh, as a consultant working with him might you know help out help him out you know with his hitting. But you know I don't I don't think you know Chipper can really help his uh help his play discipline too much i mean you uh, a lot of that right there's gonna kind of gonna be on him right and chipper's definitely not going to help with his defense because uh mm-hmm. chipper mm-hmm. as good as he was with his bat and as as pretty as he made plays look his range was not very good um and when i say not very good it's better than i would ever be it oh yeah oh yeah but from from a pro baseball standpoint he was uh below average defensively which is why in a previous episode talked about uh, Eddie Matthews actually having a, a better career output wise than Chipper. But uh, uh, anyways, back to that. I, yeah, I think that what Chipper's doing is helping though, because it's a small sample size, obviously, but Austin Riley really has been standing out in spring training, but he was doing really well in spring training last year before it was cut short. So we'll yeah, see. Well. Speaking of uh, of a spring training, what what do you think about uh, think about Michael Harris, Sam? Oh yeah, I was actually having this talk with someone on Twitter earlier. They said they were talking about it, and I was like, "Shoot, the way he's playing." They said, uh, "I think Michael Harris is playing his way into the opening day roster." And I said, "Honestly, the way he's playing, I hope he doesn't because." we want to do some type of service time manipulation on him so we can get him for another year, you know? Um, Of of course, but they made a good point. Yeah. But every game counts this year because the division is insanely good. And I'm like, yeah, I can concede to that 
Um, I w- if it's sacrificing year of Michael Harris to bring him on the roster now and he helps us get a few more wins, I'm all for it. But, yeah, I'd love to see him do well. His story is kind of cool, too, being from the area and all that. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really rooting for him. You know, what do you think about uh, – you know, I, I, I think other guy who might have a chance to make the roster is uh, E-Hire Al Mendoza or something like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I always get him mixed up with the dude from Tampa <laughs> Bay because their last names are so um, similar. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, I don't know. the guy that hit the walk-off today. Uh, yeah. Oh, that that just dated when this recording is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that would it'd be a really cool story because I think they're the type of players. At least him, uh, he's the type of guy that they're not going to be worried about service time manipulation. Um, they're not the, He's not the type of guy that they're gonna they're expecting him to be a starter. So they're not trying. They're not gonna. The Braves are not gonna be worried about losing a year for him. So I can see someone like him making the roster as a bench player. Well, you know, with uh with uh with the Johans, you know, declining defense apparently. Uh, you know, they'll they'll like needing somebody who can play a good decent, you know, shortstop. So Yeah, I agree. Uh that was the one thing about that Camargo had and I always and I always said, listen, I'm telling you, Camargo may look like he's doing terrible with his bat, but he's actually bringing more value than Riley is currently. It'd be better to have Camargo's defense at third, with even with the bat that he has value-wise, than Riley. Because Riley, but Camargo is one another one of those guys that I went to bat for, no pun intended, that continued to decline, just like Jackson did. So maybe I need to keep my mouth shut defending players and just let them play. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. But yeah, I this this is a, I don't know if it's because we didn't have a true spring training last year. But this spring training's been pretty fun to, to follow with all these uh, fighting for the, the bench spots for the Braves. The battle for the bench is uh, – You know, well, I think, uh, I think uh, you know, the emergence of Michael Harris probably makes, probably makes somebody like a Drew Waters more expendable for your possible upgrades. I 100% agree. Um, that's funny that you said that because I had a question that I wanted to ask you lined up and it was uh, about that pretty much where the roster stands now. Do you think that there's going to be a big trade deadline move? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I think that, uh, I think, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll end up trading. They'll end up trading Michael Harris or, or, you know, Drew Waters around the trade deadline for, for you know, bullpen help is that my prediction. Okay. All yeah. right. So Drew Waters or Michael Harris for bullpen help. Who the who the who the target is, I can't tell you because because you know like you would you would you would never yeah. know what what you know relievers will look good and everything during the season, but you know, they will make make you know, a move like that. Yeah, and I think with them signing uh Ozuna to that contract, that made at least one of those outfielders expendable, mm-hmm. especially with Harris getting better. Um, because even if there is a DH, they can fill the outfield spot with either Waters or Harris. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'd love to see them trade Riley so that Riley has a chance to play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like trade Waters and Riley because we don't want Riley to do well. Put it, Trade him to a rebuilding team to where he gets playing time and can get better. Trade Drew Waters and pick up a, a third baseman with some, uh, some true, I don't know, 
I know that the Braves said that they're not going to – they've said multiple times in reports that they're not pursuing Chris Bryant. Mm-hmm. And I probably wouldn't give Drew Waters up for half a year of Chris Bryant. But at the same time, like we said, if Bryant has shown that last year was a fluke and we could get someone, an MVP caliber player for half a season that could guarantee the World Series, I'd do it. Yeah, I think the uh, the stakes too will like depend on uh, you know how close the race is in the NL East. I mean, you know, I think, I think, I think Braves, Mets, uh, even the Phillies and Nationals. You know, I I I wouldn't be I I wouldn't really be surprised seeing anybody win the division. I totally agree. Uh, I was I've done some on the previous episode that has not been released yet at the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. I did break down the position groups and uh yeah the Mets and the Braves are the clear front runners as far as position goes position groups go but uh that pitching that the Nationals have is going to keep them in the run and honestly I think if I was to predict I'd say that the Nationals are going to be better than the Phillies um and I think that uh they have a chance to really catch the Mets just because the Mets have a lot of value in their position players but they have almost too many. They have a log jam. Like, uh, what are they going to do with their outfielders? They don't have a. They got three. They got three outfielders that should be a DH. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what, how are they going to handle that? Uh, you're you're not going to get true value out of all your players if you're having to put them in the field when they shouldn't be there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, the, I I I think think the Braves weren't even weren't probably going to have a problem with that with Ozuna last season, but uh, you know, luckily they had that their DH. So. Yeah. Hey, check this out. You want to hear a mind blowing statistic? You know what you got? <laughs> so, Always. out of the slotted left fielders in the National League East, Marcelo Ozuna is the best defensive one. Oh man, like I I didn't saw that. You know, <laughs> it's uh. It's a little wild, yo. Who's uh, who's who's supposed to be the starting left fielder for the uh, Phillies? Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. He's he's uh, he's doing left field right now. Yeah, and okay. uh, it's weird to say that because he used to be a center fielder. Yeah. But his his defensive metrics over the past two years have declined more than probably anyone I've seen in recent history. He's yeah. just I don't know if it's because he's still trying to get a hold of. The, his his season-ending injury um, mm-hmm. years ago, or what? Or maybe he just doesn't care anymore because he got paid. I don't know, but <laughs> his defense is not there at all. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but his, his DRS is bad. Like, double <laughs> double Austin Riley's bad. Double Austin Riley's, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but then if you think about it, you got Kyle Schwarber starting in left field, and then you got freaking uh, Dominic Smith, uh, freaking uh, either J.D. Davis, which is probably going to be playing third, who's even worse defensively than Austin Riley, by the way, and then, uh, or Dominic Smith playing left field, who should be a DH or a first baseman. His numbers are not good in the outfield. And then you've got in uh, – who we got left? The Nationals. It's Schwarber, McCutcheon. Oh, and then Corey Dickerson for the Marlins. Corey Dickerson for the Marlins. Yeah, that dude's also another guy that should be playing DH. <laughs> but uh, they're going to throw him in left field. So. Well, you know, I could just uh, – just to hear and hearing those, uh, those names, they're, 
that their statistic does not seem as mind blowing, you know? Right. That's true. <laughs> uh, three, three of the three to four of the five star, actually, all the starters in the National League East in left field are right. profiled to be designated hitters. All of them. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's just. That's, uh, it's just pretty wild. There, there's wine up there. They're in uh, left field, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> Another wild thing kind of going on a tangent here is uh, Adam Duvall is now going to be playing right field. And I got to I gotta catch myself here because all last year I'm like, why do they keep throwing him in left field? He should be in right field. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his numbers, he is excellent in left field, like really good. But, when mm-hmm. it, but in his limited time in right field, I guess he just didn't make the adjustments uh, in the time he was there. And – he actually brings negative defensive value in right field versus left field. He's excellent. The huge swing, like it's like a, a 20 defensive run save swing between left field and right field. So that's going to be a negative for the Marlins too. You're taking a guy that yeah, he excels in left field, but is terrible in right field. And you're going to have to slot him in right field. The same situation with the nationals. They're going to take, they're going to take Juan Soto who's not good in left field already in the right field to put a guy that's actually a little bit better than him defensively in left field and Kyle Schwarber. So there's going to be a lot of bad defense in the National League East. This year. <laughs> well, well yeah. maybe it'll be, it'll be fun to watch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, now with the, uh, with the balls being deadened a little bit and the outfielders actually having to play defense, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. That's crazy, man. So oh. – yeah. Where's uh where's uh where's a Duval gonna be? Is he is he projected to start? Yeah, that's the re- I believe that's the reason he went to the Marlins. On the depth chart, they have him listed as the starting right fielder for the Marlins. Okay. Uh, okay. Which again, I think the Marlins are were one of the lu- luckiest teams in the league last year. Um, I don't predict them to to make the playoffs this year. I I just don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the. COVID got uh, got almost almost everybody on on that team. Like you know, I, I think they had like something like half of their squad was different two weeks in than it was two weeks before the end of the season. Yeah, it was a really cool story. To be honest yeah. with you, I was I knew that they were lucky to get there, but at the same time, I was I was rooting for them. As weird as it sounds, rooting for a, a division rival. The Marlins, to me, aren't really a true division rival because they're never really good and they're a small market team. And I'm yeah. from Florida, and so I grew up watching the Marlins um, when I wasn't watching the Braves. So I was part of me was rooting for them just because it was almost like a Cinderella story, you know. And it was really cool to see. I'm glad the, the Braves made it further than they did, obviously, but it was kind of cool that they made it that far. Now, you know, you you, you mean to saw me, you know, I was I was 100% behind them too, you know, I, I always didn't want to see those uh, cin- those uh, cin- Cinderella stories. Oh, absolutely. It was fun to watch. Yeah, if the Pirates make the uh, – if the Pirates <laughs> make the, the uh, postseason this year, if the Braves don't make it to the World Series, I want the Pirates to make it. The, the Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, I, I like uh, I like uh, K- K- Brian Hayes. You know, he's, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. You know what would be the coolest story in baseball is if the Orioles made it to the World Series and Chris Davis was the World Series. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. His contract was worth it after all. 
<laughs> right. But okay, so let's get into some more predictions. Uh, in a full 162 game season, like it looks like we're going to have at this the time of this recording, how many wins do you think that the Braves are going to come away with pre postseason? Ninety. Ninety. Is that considering? Is that pre any trades that's happening at the deadline? Or you're saying even if they make trades at the deadline, it's going to be nine. Well, you know, you know, like yeah, you know, it's it's you know really hard to uh, hard to make predictions. You know, whenever oh yeah, you, for sure, you uh you don't know. You but know, here is well, John Hughes on record. John Hughes on record saying, stating right now in front of all these listeners, ninety wins. I think the Braves go ninety and seventy-two. All right. My <laughs> official prediction is 92 wins. Uh, 92 wins. Yep. With this tough division and their lack of bullpen depth, I think 92 wins. Now, if they, if they want to make a splash at the, at the trade deadline, get some like an all-star third baseman or like a shutdown uh, setup man, mm-hmm. things will change. But right now, I'm, st- I'm saying – my official prediction is 92 wins. You know, I think that the uh, the division winner will be lucky to have 95 wins. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I, I really, truly do. I don't see the division winner having any more than 96. There's no way. Not a mm-hmm. chance. Um, not with the teams that they have to play against. Now, I, and, you know, honestly, the National League as a whole is uh, a lot stronger than it's been in the past few years. I and the American League is the American League's getting a lot weaker because even in even the teams that were decent last year, like the team that went to the freaking World Series, is not nearly mm-hmm. as good this year as they were last year. I mean, they got Wander Franco coming up if they want to bring him, but their starting staff obviously they lost their two best starting pitchers. Um, they're not good, they're not as strong. Uh, Boston's probably going to be eating some of the wins away from the Yankees as they as they're rebuilding. And, uh, you know, we got the White Sox. Yeah, they're good, but um, how good? I mean, we don't know for sure. Yeah. Their guys are going to have sophomore slumps. We don't know. Is Michael Kopech going to come in and be the ace they think he's going to be? We mm-hmm. don't know. You know, there's the, – the National League as a whole. And to be fair, I guess the schedules aren't like they used to be back in the day when it was like there was only one week of interleague play. The Braves in the National League will be playing American League teams a lot more than they used to back in the day. So the strength of schedule is not as big of a deal as it used to be. But yeah, I, I don't I don't foresee the National League East winner having more than ninety six wins. Although I would like to think that the Braves will win then I think the it's so competitive that the Braves will win the division with ninety two wins. The ninety two wins you you, yeah. you think you'll win it. Yeah, I can I can I can I can see it, sure. You know. You were you were talking about how uh how the uh, National League is then getting stronger, you know. I think, I think the NL East is getting stronger and the NL West is then getting stronger. The NL Central is it's a straight-up garbage. That is true. That's fair. So, <laughs> it's a yeah, crap but, shoot on who's going to win that one. I'll probably say the Cardinals just because they've got – there's just something about the Cardinals. They find a way to win. But, uh, yeah, they're always um, in. And they've got, they've got top-end starting pitching, uh, some, at least a few. But, yeah. That's true. That's fair. Nah, you know, like you know, maybe maybe the Brewers. You know, I only hate them. You know. Yeah, I mean, and they do have a reigning MVP on their team that's still good. 
So, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, the, the Angels have freaking Mike Trout and can't make it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Takes nine people to win. But uh, that's one thing, I, uh, going on a side note, that's one of the things I really like about baseball versus, uh, like, teams like basketball, for example. I, I don't hate basketball. I grew up playing basketball. Uh, I think it's very enjoyable to watch. I just – I don't like that you can take two or three people and completely swing – a division you know you I mean if you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis you know on the mm-hmm. Lakers now all of a sudden they went from a last place team to a playoff team just like that mm-hmm. in baseball you could take Mike Trout and put him on the Pirates he, they are not making the freaking playoffs mm-hmm. you know um, no but, no it's uh it's just like you the uh, these guys in baseball one at bat at a time you know right one at bat at a time so well, that yeah, that's another thing, man. I I could talk about that for hours. So <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to go down that road. Maybe another right. time. <laughs> so I guess yeah. the last thing I want to ask you is, how far do the Braves have to go to be for this year to be considered a win? Last how year, I'll give you an example. Last year, I said, you know, the, the, in two thousand nineteen. They made it. They won their division, and uh, and so and then they made it to the NLDS. They played in it. They did okay, but I was like, "Well, we got to progress in 2020," which they did, and they made it to the nat- They made it within you know two mm-hmm. runs of the World Series. To me, that's a win, especially with uh, especially with the mm-hmm. injuries they dealt with. So for this year. You know, we we can't predict the future on injuries and stuff like that. But as far as looking at the roster now, what would be considered a win for the Braves as far as how far they go in the playoffs? If you listen to my attitude about baseball, you know that, you know, there's the always only only one answer for me. And that's uh, a championship, baby. You know, like there, there's <laughs> a championship. You know, but, <laughs> you know, as a, as a team, I mean, you know – if the if the Braves can make a can make the National League Championship Series, you know I'll be I'll be satisfied with with the season, and that uh, one one reason for that is because there's two huge juggernauts out west. It's gonna be almost impossible for anybody to get by should you know they encounter them in the playoffs. Yes, I agree. So the freaking Padres, man, I knew that they were. <laughs> I know that they. I knew they were stocking up because they. They had, you know, that awesome, awesome farm system, and they had the talent. A lot of their talent worked out. You know, a lot of their prospects really turned out good, mm-hmm. turned out well. Sorry, um, and but I did not expect them to go that far in. I figured maybe not this year, but next year they're going to go all in. But man, mm-hmm. the pitching they brought in and and all that. Um, I mean, it's gonna be gonna be hard to beat. Like you know, yeah. you know, like uh, who uh, who knows? Maybe you know, maybe you know, maybe you know, Mackenzie Gore shows out. You know, he's, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been looking for him to be good for a while. It's about time. Uh, yeah. The only good thing is that they play in the same division, so not both of them can be a number one seed in the playoffs. But but what if what if the Mets win the East and the Braves are the wild card? And then they got to face either the, either the Dodgers or the Padres, and that uh, they're I, I mean you are the are you are they they still they still doing one game for the wild card? Yeah, they are. So 
you know, they're they're going to be tough. And then, you know, like in next round, more more likely than not, they'll have to face the other the other team. Right. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I. To me, a win would be making it to the World Series, not necessarily winning the World Series. To me, progressing forward, making it to the World Series. If you if you progress a little bit every single year and then you take a step back, I know that the, the rest of the league has gotten better, but it's still your responsibility as a business from the business side of baseball. I know that the Braves players are going to play their hearts out, but as far as like equipping the Braves squad to be successful, a true successful year would be for them to make it to the World Series. I mean, it's uh, it's sad, you know, whenever I was uh, at those uh, NLCS watch parties at uh, at the Truist Park last season and, uh, and everybody uh, and the uh, Dodgers came back, you know, all that I heard in the elevator and, you know, everything else was uh, – was you know the Braves always find you know some way to blow it or or you know or or, or you know whatever it's it's you know, the uh, Atlanta curse or you know whatever you know I'd I'd like uh, I'd like you know, just just once for there there not to be not you know to, to be true you know right change Absolutely. you know the fan at change you know the whole fan attitude because like you know, whenever whenever you know your fans have that attitude toward your team big problem to me I agree with you and the fans are the ones that bring the money in so you kind of want to keep them happy. You don't want to be, you know, we mentioned the Royals earlier and they had a time period of making tons of money because they Mm -hmm. were doing, they were successful. But now I guarantee you, actually, I know for a fact, because I went to an Orioles, uh, an Orioles and Royals game, uh, not last year, obviously, but the year before that at Camping Mm -hmm. Yard when I had a work trip and that place was dead. There was no one there. So it wasn't like Orioles fans were like, oh, yeah, let's go watch the Orioles play the Royals who won the World Series, you know, a few years ago. No, nope. yeah. that splendor's gone. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, but you got to keep the fans happy, sell tickets, sell merchandise, sell TV deals. Um, and if you show that if, – if Liberty Media continues to show that it's all about the bottom line, it's, it's not going to work out for them. I'm not a business expert by any means. But uh, I think that's pretty easy to predict. Well, you know, you look at uh, Turner Field, you know, sometimes like, which you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm from from the Atlanta area, so like I I you know went to winning quite a bit. You you go somewhere around you know oh one oh two, it was a completely different atmosphere than you know like oh nine two two thousand ten or whatever. Because I mean, like you know, by then all the luster of you you know all those Oh yeah, that their '90s success had the had like it started started to wear off. So I mean, you know, you you didn't go, you know, like you know, Monday night, Tuesday night, completely dead. The uh, the uh, the Gwinnett Gwinnett Braves, you know, games were harder than than the Atlanta Braves games were. Right. Yeah, that definitely time, makes so. sense. Uh, man, that brings back memories of man back in the early 2000s, with like when the Braves had Gary Sheffield and and people like that, and man, yeah. back when interleague play was like one or two weeks out of the year went to a Red Sox and Braves game. That is a, such a random game to say, but that was the most electric game, non-playoff game. That's the most electric game I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you've uh, you've uh, you've seen me talk about it. You know, it was it was insane. Yeah, for sure. I miss those days. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um 
but the I do love the Braves squad we have now. I mean, uh, they're they're extremely fun to watch. The the guys that are on the field, the uh, I guess the the swagger, as the cool kids say, is that still a thing? I don't know if that's a word that people still use. But no, you know, it's uh, it's you know more of a uh, of a uh, I guess you know like you would call it uh, uh, m- m- millennial thing at you know, this point. But uh, right, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the cool word is for the way that players carry themselves, it's there, you know, and um, the kids love playing. That's how I know I'm getting old, too. I'm calling them the kids. Uh, Yeah, I mean, shoot, looking at me, I'd be – if I was a pro athlete, I'd be close to retiring. That that makes me feel so old. Yeah, you know, it it uh, it then makes you know, me uh, me feel me me feel old that you know I remember playing fantasy and all that, and uh, you know I was uh, I was following the hot new uh, the hot new prospect who was who was coming up n- number one prospect in baseball, Alex Gordon. And, oh wow! Uh, and uh, and Alex Gordon just uh, just you know hung it up. So like you know, I've I've like I've like followed followed these guys from being the hottest prospect their during a whole career, and you know it's definitely take, taking a toll on on my psyche, you know. Oh yeah, shoot! I remember. I mean, I've been playing fantasy baseball for a long time too, and the prospect that really sticks out to me like that is Ryan Braun. He was Ryan like Braun. back when he was winning MVP. You know, like he was a top four pick every single year because he would steal bases. He had power and all that. And now Ryan Braun. I mean, he's struggling to find a job. I don't even know if he's trying anymore. Yeah, I remember whenever uh, whenever Pujols was the uh, consensus number one for like ten years in a row, man. Oh yeah, for sure. Man, to be honest with you, I was playing fan- – I know you've been playing fantasy as long or, or longer than I have. But my first year ever playing fantasy baseball, it was not the style it is now. It's where you, um, you'd be given a salary and then you can pick – based on your salary, you could – you picked players that were on your team and you could only do like two swaps per, per week. But my saving grace this was back when fantasy was not super famous so you you could get an mlb.com and if you were ranked in the top 100 uh players in the in the world you'd get a cash prize and me and my buddy were really into it he actually made it in the top 100 i made it into top 150 that year and Mm. my saving grace was roger clemens roger clemens (laughs) yeah because that year he, had, he was coming off of a year that he was injured. And so at the beginning of the year, I got him for really cheap. And his price kept rising. But when you get it by a player, you know, your grandfathered in at that price. Mm-hmm. So Roger Clemens almost single-handedly won me some money. But, uh, yeah. But anyways, I think we're kind of done with the, uh, the subject matter of this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining again. I'm sure we'll do this in the future. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, talking baseball and and getting it how it is, um, no fluff. I love it. Um, the ninety, see guys, the ninety win thing. That's what I'm talking about. John's telling you how it is. He thinks the Braves are going to have ninety wins, and I'm now really going to be following uh, Jacob Webb because of John, and I'm going to be following. Obviously, I'm going to be following the Braves, but I'm going to be really paying attention to the win total. Uh, see how who who's closer between me and John at the end of the year. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. but so thanks so much, John, for joining the show. Thanks for having me. You know, next hopefully, uh, hopefully next time I uh, I'm at home and not uh, not fighting hotel Wi-Fi. So. <laughs> hey, I'm in a, I'm in a hotel room right now. I totally get it. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, keep doing your thing, man. Uh, everybody, 
if, in case you didn't know already, make sure you check out the Atlanta Braves uh, Facebook group. It's one of the biggest and, in my opinion, the best Braves baseball group uh, on Facebook. Not to say that the others aren't good. Uh, I, I'm in many Facebook groups, so don't any other Facebook group members that are listening to this, don't take this as a jab at your group. Just know that uh, I just happen to be partial to this group. I, I One of the main groups that I started in, um, and, and, and I think the group is real big on helping each other uh, grow as baseball fans. Uh, it's not all about, hey, how look, look how good and our Braves are. It's, we're talking real baseball about the Braves, and that's not always talking bad about the Braves either. We like to keep it real. Um, so, yeah, so John is, is the creator of that group, John Hughes. Uh, so make sure you go check out his Facebook group, uh, Atlanta Braves Dugout, and make sure you go to the one with the most, uh, the most members because if I'm going to be real with you guys, for some reason, there's some other people that started groups as kind of copying the Atlanta Braves Dugout uh, <laughs> group and so there's even some other even you stole the logo man you know yeah i i don't know i i guess uh imitation is the greatest form of flattery i don't you know, know. <laughs> at uh at uh at that point once you know those there uh groups started popping up i, I knew the we had made it that's true so. that's how you know you made it. <laughs> yeah so definitely um check out the atlanta braves dugout facebook group uh and i i'm in that group john's in that group and we and we'd love to talk to you guys about baseball that's one of our hobbies for sure for obvious reasons um, we'd love to get to know you. Uh, I mean, we use our personal accounts on that, on that Facebook group and we will, we'd love to talk baseball with you guys and gals. So, uh, thanks again, John. I'm sure I'll be talking to you, you know, maybe within the next few minutes. I don't even know, but, but keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate all the work you put into, uh, the, the group and I really appreciate your time coming on the show. Hey, I appreciate you having me one, once again, you know, me, like make sure to, uh, to go in and check out you know, Atlanta Braves dugout because uh, I mean, mean the seasons. You know, starting to starting to uh, to you know, ramp up. We'll have game threads every night. You know, there's there's you know, lots of uh, of good uh, statistics based talk in there, and you and you know, a lot of uh, a lot of entertainment. So I mean, you know, we would you love to have you. Absolutely. All right, John, keep it real, man. All right, buddy. You have a good one. You too. Thanks again so much, John, for joining the podcast. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Everybody, make sure you check out his. Atlanta Braves dugout Facebook group. It's a lot of fun. It's a blast. Uh, as you mentioned, the game threads are a huge thing that make watching the Braves games along with being on Facebook and talking to people about the games as they happen a, a ton of fun. I totally suggest that all of you guys do that, even if it's just for the game threads. You can also meet a lot of other people that like to talk to Braves as well. So with that, I think it's time to do the outro. Thank you so much, everyone, for taking time out of your day to listen to John and I talk about the Braves. I hope that you gained some knowledge and, and had some fun along the way. Don't forget to check out Twitter at Braves Dugout Pod, the Facebook page, uh, the website. Don't forget to go on Apple and subscribe and give five stars to get more visibility or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's on all major platforms. You can also email the show at bravesdugout at gmail.com for any requests or any type of business dealings or anything that you want to do with the show just feel free to shoot an email or even dm on twitter it doesn't matter i'll respond quickly thank you so much for listening to the show and as always go braves <laughs>